Hey everyone. So Squid Game. I'm not into it. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not I haven't watched it yet. And one of my friends keeps telling me to watch it. Also, I just found out it's Squid Game. It's not Squid Games. So, you know, that was a shock to me. Just as a that's another shock. I found out it's Statute of Limitations. Not statue. I always thought it was statue of limitations for some reason. Because whenever in shows or movies they mention statue of limitations, it would always be like a cutaway to like the Statue of Liberty. So I always thought like I don't want to say it was like related to the Statue of Liberty, but I just thought like it's a statue. I thought it was Statue of Limitation, not statute. But apparently statute. I still don't believe it. I'm still gonna keep saying statue of limitations, but not that I would ever have to use it. I don't think there's not really a, well, I haven't done really any crimes. I've done like minor crimes, but there's not a big crime that I'm waiting for like the days to be over so I can be like, oh, you can't get me for that anymore. The most I've done is like as a kid stolen gum or something from Walmart. If I had to do like an over under on how many times I'm gonna have I'm gonna mention statute of limitation after this conver- after this podcast, I would say in like my entire life, I would probably say five more times. There's no way I mention statute of limitation more than five times in my life after this. Well, actually, yeah, that's not true. I do have a friend that's doing law, so like you know, sometimes we talk about that, and I guess it could get mentioned there. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll move it up to ten. I'll say ten. Actually, that's not, I'm, even then. I don't. Now I'm gonna stick with five. I don't think if I if I had to pick the over or under on how many times. I'm going to mention statute statute of limitations after this podcast. I'm going to say under five times. But back to Squid Game. I just have no desire to watch it. And it's not even like, oh, everyone else is watching it, so I'm not going to watch it. It's a show that I feel like I'm going to watch in three, four months when no one else is watching it. And be like, oh my god, why did no one tell me to watch it? But what I have started on Netflix, it's not a new show. It's been out for, I would say, 30-something years. Uh, but they they got Seinfeld on Netflix, and I've never seen Seinfeld before. And I started watching it. And it's pretty good. the The interesting thing was like it's called you know it's it's known for it's a show about nothing. And I was watching it. And I just kept watching it, kept watching it, and all of a sudden I was on like season two, episode ten or whatever, and nothing had happened. I was just shocked. Like it, it's probably like the best. One of the best binge-watching shows because it really is nothing happening at all. But it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. The characters are pretty good. You can tell Jerry Seinfeld's not, like, a great actor because sometimes he'll be doing a scene and he's just cracking up himself. And when he has to get dramatic or he has to show emotions, he has to feel scared because some like, Kramer jumped out at him, like, you can tell that this is someone that has no training as an actor, really. But it's still good. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm probably on, like, season, end of season three by now. And once again, nothing has happened at all. Every episode is, is its own thing. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's really good. Uh, you can tell George is just Larry David. Because if you watch Curb, you know what Larry David is like and George is exactly like him. And it's very funny. Like, I think George is the most relatable character. And I guess I guess they're all pretty relatable except for Kramer. But George is like the most, oh, I can see myself as him. I was going to say in him, but that, I don't think that would have came out right. He George is just like a big mood. Like, you can capture, you can screenshot what he says. It's very funny. And, uh, you know, he's down on his luck all the time. Nothing ever works out for him. And, you know, that's relatable content right there. Nothing ever works out for me either. Um, so, yeah, I'm really liking Seinfeld. I think it's a really good show. Aside from that, I've been listening to a lot of new podcasts. And for me and sports podcasts, I have a problem when I don't feel like they're as invested in basketball like I am. So you can tell when someone's just like a casual fan or they're not thinking about the sport well, I guess you can think about sports differently, but I don't think 
the same way they do, which I suppose isn't bad either. You can learn more things like that. But they 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 go off narratives. They go off emotional feelings on on things, and that's not the type of podcast I like. So, like with Zach Lowe, I like it. Some other podcasts like that, I do like them, and I I listen to them as soon as they come out. Not well, not as soon as like when I'm driving to work or I'm walking around or whatever like that. Uh, but with someone like Bill Simmons, I when he like I think he's pretty funny. I think he's pretty funny. I think his guests are usually pretty funny. But his basketball takes, I don't agree with it at all. I think he is a little too biased for me. So people like that, I just can't listen to properly. For So for like his podcast, I actually, I actually skip like the basketball talk and I go to the conversations that he's just having with his friends. Because that's where you notice like, oh, everyone has these type of conversations. You know, you just like seeing the dynamic, two people talking about just random shit. And, you know, that, that that's very relatable stuff because a lot of times when you're talking with your friends, you don't always have a bunch of things to talk about, but you're always looking forward to hanging out with your friends because you never know what you're going to talk about. But they're your friends and you know it's going to be fun. So one of the podcasts that I've been listening to is It's Never That Deep because it really is never that deep. Most of the things that people talk about, you can talk it through. You can make jokes like every single thing. There's jokes to be had. And if you're comfortable enough with that person that you're talking to, it can be fun. Like no matter what you're talking about, it can be fun, interesting and give you a new perspective. So just last weekend, I had uh, a couple friends over and one of my friends invited like three of his friends and I was dreading it. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to talk to these people. We're going to talk for a while. And when they got here, you know, we were we were drunk and we were talking for like three hours. We talked for three hours about just the dumbest shit. You know, like, oh, could you date an OnlyFans woman? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And, you know, when we talk about serious shit, we can actually make jokes about it and talk about it respectfully and talk about it, you know, from different perspectives. But the reason we can make jokes about it is it's your friends. So they know when you make a joke about it, it's just a joke. It's really not that serious. It's not that deep. And they realize you are not an actual idiot on these serious topics. So it's okay. Like There's some things you can say to your friends that you can't just say out loud because you don't have that rapport with everyone. Like Some people would take it seriously. Some people would take it too deep. Some people would think... You're insane. But with your friends, they understand that, you know, it's just a, it's just a joke. You're just joking around. And that's what this podcast feels like. You know, they're talking about everything. And like, if they're making a point, they get distracted by something else. And they'll go 10 minutes on that. It's just hilarious. So it, it really feels like the type of conversations you have with your friends at like 2 a.m. when you're drunk. And those always make for the best conversation. Those always make for like, the funniest conversations. So I would really recommend that. It's called It's Never That Deep. You can find it on Apple and Spotify. I'm guessing other places too, but I know Apple and Spotify for sure. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend that. All right, so I just finished the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's do the Western Conference now because there's no other conference to do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue doing the divisions instead of the entire Western Conference. So, yeah, let's start with the Northwest Division, I believe it's called. And let's start with Utah. Utah went 52-20 and 20 last year. Let me check if that's, like, like just by a win percentage. Is that, like, their best ever? Because that's fucking amazing. Oh, it's actually not their best ever. 97 was their best ever, where they went 64-18. and 18. And the year after that, so 98, they went... Uh, 62 and 20 so that was 76 percent so 72 percent around 59 wins and they like the utah jazz this year actually like underperformed by their you know offensive rating defensive rating point margin you know they were supposed to be a 55 and 17 team that's what they should have been so they lost a couple close games uh that they probably should have won and you know top three in offense top four in defense and they lost to the Clippers primarily because 
their perimeter defense is not good. Because if you look at it, Donovan Mitchell, I would say he's a solid defender, but not like above average. Um, Royce O'Neal, he's above average. Boyan, just okay. Conley, above average. Ingles, he's a good defender, but he's not a good on-ball defender. He's probably just solid as an on-ball defender. Clarkson, below average. Niang, below average. And that was their rotation. So it's like, who's guarding the perimeter? And their whole thing is, yo, we have Rudy back there. Rudy's gonna, we're just gonna funnel everything to Rudy. And Rudy's just gonna be like the rim protector. And protecting the rim's the most important thing. So that's how they're always like a great regular season defense because against 29 other teams, uh, that can work. Like, that can work against like, Probably I would say 25, 26, 27 teams where you can play that defense where we're just going to funnel everything to Rudy. But then they played in the playoffs, you're not going to be playing those trash teams. You're not going to be playing those teams that can't take advantage of your lack of perimeter defense and, you know, that that, ha- that have a floor spacer. So, and they, and they played that against the Clippers. The Clippers said... We're gonna put Marcus Morris at center. We're gonna pick. We're gonna put Nick Batum at center. We're gonna spread you guys out, and we're gonna attack the rim. And you guys can't guard the perimeter. You guys have one, like actual perimeter defender in Royce O'Neal, and even then he's like Royce is above average, but he's not like, he's not like a candidate for second team All Defense. Like he's as good as like a second team All Defense guy. He just might not make it, but he's not that good. So. You know, they have a they have an issue there because previously it was like, yo, we're a really good defense, but we just can't score. So then they got Boyan, they got Clarkson, they got Niang. Niang has gone now to 76ers, and, you know, that was a really good pickup for the 76ers. Um, so, you know, we got all these players, but now they can't guard anyone. Well, they can't guard the perimeter now, and they're too reliant on Rudy. And, you know, I'm excusing Rudy for the defense. But one thing that's inexcusable is the fact that you're 7-1 and you can't take advantage of 6-6 guards. Or, actually, I don't think Terrence Mann is that tall. I think Terrence Mann is probably like 6-5. You can't take care of, you know, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. You can't, like, just shoot it over Nick Batum. Marcus Morris, you just can't do that for some reason. I don't understand that. So if he doesn't come back this year like that where you know if you got Reggie like like a forward okay I get it like if Kawhi Leonard is on you he switched on to you I get it Paul George okay I get it a little bit the forwards like the six seven six eight six nine forwards okay I get that but if a guard is on you there's no way you shouldn't be dunking that every time there's no way you have to get the ball face up and go towards the basket. You're already catching it so deep. So like he has to work on that or they have to figure out a way to improve that perimeter defense. You know, that's a part of Mitchell's games that he has to become a lot better at. You know, when co- when he was coming in from college, it was like, you know, this, this kid has great defensive potential and, you know, maybe he can become a scorer. Instead, he's become a scorer, but like defensively, he's just okay. He's not anything... Like special, and I think he needs to become an at least an above average like perimeter defender, like above average, like where he can keep his guy in front of him at least most of the time. You can't just be like giving them free lanes to the basket. So he has to become better. I think Conley's fine. Uh, Boyan is the real problem there, I suppose. And Royce is too small. Royce is six four. So if I'm dumb, I'm so Conley and. Uh, and the thing with Conley and Mitchell, like I've talked about this before with like uh, Garland and Sexton and then also uh, CJ and Dame, they're just too small. They're both 6'1". So I guess like you can try try to make it work again. And I guess I don't mind it. I don't mind it that much. But I think you have to get bigger and better defensively on the other two spots then. I think you have to get another six, seven, six, eight defender in there, and you know if it comes at the expense of uh, 
Boyan or Royce. It just has to be like that. You have to figure out a way to get one of those guys in there. I know they got Rudy Gay, but like Rudy Gay is like 35, 34, something like that. I'm not saying he's done. Like Rudy, Rudy probably has like another good, not good, but like he has some quality, uh, I would say, role player years left still. So I don't think Rudy is done. Let me open up the win total. Regular season win total. Okay, got it. Whew. So that so they have to work on that. Like Ingles, I think is fine. Mike Conley's gonna be thirty four. I think he might already be thirty four. Actually, he's gonna be thirty four in just like two three days. So you know he's old as fuck. Uh, Boyan's I think already thirty two. Yeah, he's already thirty two. He's gonna be thirty seven, thirty three. Ingles is thirty four. I believe yes, thirty four. He's gonna be thirty five soon. Well, actually, no. He just turned thirty four. So no. Uh, Clarkson's not a good defender. It's just they. I, that's just something they have to improve on. And you know, there's there's only so many ways you can improve on it. And one of them, like I said, is Mitchell has to get better himself. And I think they have to get. They have to do something about the Boyan O'Neill area. Because you either have to get a six seven six eight defender next to Boyan, so now you just got a lot more size there, or you have to get rid of Boyan and get like a three and D guy in there. Um, so yeah, so their over under is fifty two wins, so that would be fifty two and thirty two. Uh, who did they lose? Let's see. All right, so Niang is gone. He only played 16 minutes a game, so it's like he was a great floor spacer for them, but he only played 16 minutes. Uh, Derek Favors is gone. I think Derek Favors is kind of done, but not really done. He's like playoff done, but he's not really done. Um, he's not regular season done, but he's playoffs done. Uh, and that's it. That's all they really lost. Because Donovan's back, O'Neal's back, Boyan's back, Rudy's back, Mike's back, Engel's back, Clarkson back. They got really. They got really um, good uh, health luck there because no one really missed that many games. Mike and Donovan both missed around 20, but, like, you know, all they did was increase Ingles and Clarkson. They didn't really change up the rotation like that. So, but they added Rudy Gay. Pretty good pickup. He can play the 3, 4, or 5, like small ball 5. They added Whiteside. I think that's a fine pick, like, fine backup center, like, in the regular season, like, 16, 18 minutes of Whiteside is not bad. They got Pascal. It's Pascal, right? It's not Pascal. Uh, solid pickup. I thought he was a really good rookie. I don't know what happened last year. He barely, I don't think he got a lot of minutes last year, right? Yeah, he went from 28 minutes a game to 17. Uh, and he still had, like, a pretty decent year. Let me... Yeah. He shot the... He finished at the rim well. Finished in the paint pretty well. Made, like... 48% of his mid-range jumpers. Even shot the three better. Although he doesn't take a lot of threes, right? Yeah, so he only takes like 2.8 a game. So it's not really... Oh, fuck. I'm in the... I'm outside. There's two fucking... It's two coyotes or fox. Just fucking walked by me. Holy shit. Yeah, it's two of them. Jesus. You know, I've seen them before, but like... And they're pretty small. Like, they're not... Are, are coyotes and foxes supposed to be big? I have no idea. But they're not, like, humongous or anything. But, like, you do see the signs, you know, when you're walking by the park where it's like, oh, you know, coyotes and foxes, you know, inhabitate this forest. So, shit. You know, they're gone now, but still. That was uh, jarring to see. Anyways, what the fuck? I was talking about... What was I talking about? Eric Pastrell, I think? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think he's, like, a good offensive player, and I think he could provide them with something. It's just, once again, like, they don't need de- they don't need offense. Like, their offense was not the problem against the Clippers. Like, they still scored, like, a good amount of points. Like, I think when I when I was doing the research, when I talked about the Utah and Clippers uh, playoff series, as it was happening, the Jazz had, their offensive rating was the best in the league, would have been, like, the best in the league. The problem was they were still massively behind the Clippers' offensive rating. So the Clippers were just smashing them. 
you know, they had them bent over and everything. So, you know, like, Pastro is going to help their offense, but it's like, that's not really what you needed help with. You know, Rudy Gay, I think I can actually help because he can do, like, some okay two-way stuff. But Pastro, like, he just he just boosts your offense, which already, you know, you were good at. Um, Whiteside, I think, can help a little bit. I think he's probably better than uh, Derek Favors, who I just did, like, I don't know what happened with Derek Favors. He just cannot move at all. Um, maybe he's heavy, so, like, he has a hard time moving. I don't know. He's still so young. Like, I think he's only 29. That's so shocking to me because he was there when they weren't even the Brooklyn Nets. They were the New Jersey Nets, and, like, that's who drafted him, I think. I think I, I remember him playing for New Jersey. I don't know if New Jersey drafted him. I don't fully remember, but, yeah, he's been in the league for a while, and he's still pretty young, so... You know, good on him collecting the checks still. Um, so yeah, I think they're a, I think they're a better team than what they were last year. The only, the only way you can see them not being as good as they were last year is you have to think, okay, so Conley's older, Ingles is older, uh, Boyan's older. Um, are you going to? be as healthy as you were last year because you know Rudy missed almost no games Boyan missed almost no games Ingles missed almost no games Clarkson missed almost no games Royce missed almost no games so what happens if like instead of Donovan or Mike missing 20 games this year if Rudy misses 20 games because let's be honest their perimeter defense is trash so are you going to be trusting Hassan Whiteside to be protecting the rim for 20 games that's going to be devastating to them and, um, you know, that's, so that's, w- that's one thing that could happen. The other thing is, did they get exposed to the point where other teams can now, you know, try that in the regular season against them where it's like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Rudy can't, you Rudy can't score. We're going to, we're, we're all going to go small ball and we're going to switch it. And, you know, their perimeter defense is pretty sus. Let's get to the paint. Let's spread them out. We'll switch our guards and wings onto Rudy. And, you know, we'll just take it from there. And maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. Um, the other thing is just maybe the teams, like the league has gotten better. Where, like, the West has a lot more good teams now. Uh, the East has some pretty good teams now. So maybe they're just like, hey, you know what? Some teams that you beat last year, I don't think you can beat them this year. Ooh, so... I, 52 wins. I would still go the over on that. I think they're. I think they're a machine. I think they're a machine. So I expect them to be a top five offense, five defense again, um, and I expect them to win around 55 games. And their championship odds. You know, I think it, it depends on how good can Donovan really get. Can he become a superstar? If he becomes a superstar, then they do have a chance. Because then they have a superstar. Rudy is, like, he has the impact of a top 10 player, even though he's not a top 10 player. Um, Mike Conley played like plays like an all-star, even though he might not make all-star games year in, year out. So, I like, when you combine that three together and then you com- then you talk about their role players, like, yeah, that's that's a contender. But it, it's I think it depends on... You know, how good can Donovan really get? Uh, I would go the over. I would say they're probably like a 55-win team, 54-win team. 54 to 56-win team. That's what I think they are. So I would go the over on that, and I would be pretty confident on the over on that. All right, let's move on to the next team, which would be what exactly? Because I have no idea. I can't even find the Northwest Division, the Denver Nuggets. And Denver Nuggets went 47 and 25. Um, what is that win record? 65%, which is what? Which is around 53 wins. So, what is their over under? Let's look at that. 48 wins, which would be what? What is 48 wins? Uh, 59%. Yeah, 59%. So that would be, what, a decrease by 7%? All right, let's just look at their roster. Well, who they lost, anyways. 
Jamal's gone, but they he didn't he wasn't there for like twenty five games anyways, and they had a pretty decent record without him. Uh, who else is gone? I'm just Paul Millsap is gone. I think Paul Millsap is done. So like, I don't think that's a big deal. He's about to be thirty seven this year. He's gonna turn thirty seven. Uh, not this year. This season, he's gonna be turning thirty seven. If you just watched him play, it just it just wasn't there. Like he just didn't have it this year. Um. Like, numbers-wise, he looked fine. Like, numbers-wise, he was regular Paul Millsap. It's just... I, I just think he's done. Like, done as, like, a good backup power forward slash center. I think he's probably, like, a fine ninth man. But if you're expecting more than that, like, I think... I just don't think you're going to get it. Um, Javel's gone, but he wasn't even there that much. Uh, other than that, so their roster. Let's just look at. Let's just look at their. Ro- oh fuck! I forgot about. Actually, I guess I did talk about it a little bit because I said if Donovan can become a superstar, I was, ta- I was talking about the Jazz's X factor. Yeah, their X factor, I guess, is because they don't really have any like rookies that are like first year, second year that you can see taking a step up. So my X factor for them is just how good can Donovan get? Like, can he become a superstar? Because if he can do that, that's, then they have a chance to win the ti- Then they have a chance to win the title. Uh, the Nuggets last year were seventh in offense, twelfth in defense. The defense very surprising given you know their their roster. All right, so let's just look at their roster this year. Uh, Bones Highland. That's the kid that I've been talking about. I think. When I watch he okay, they have him listed as six three. There's no way, he looks he's he looks about six five, at least. So you know I I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, they got Jeff Green, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, Jamichael Green, Aaron Gordon, uh, Faku, Jokic, Jamichael Green, Will Barton, Austin Rivers, Monty Morris, PJ Dozier. So I think that's a pretty decent roster. Like I imagine their starters are Monty Morris, Barton, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and the MVP. That's a pretty solid like starting lineup. Like I think that's fine. And off the bench, you got what Faku, uh, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, um, PJ Dozier, Austin Rivers. Like that's pretty solid, honestly. Like that's a pretty solid five man unit coming off the bench. So. You have to think about what ca- their X factor. I think will be just how good it, it has to. I think it has to be Michael Porter Jr. at the high end, at the high end, because the dude was a twenty point scorer. I believe did he average twenty, or was he close to twenty? So he averaged nineteen and seven last year. He became a better defender. You know, he blocked some shots. He's playing the passing lanes a little bit. My thing with Michael Porter Jr. is he just can't create his own shot. Like, everything, every shot that he gets, it's essentially assisted. So he was assisted on 92% of his threes, over 70% of his twos. But when he does take those shots, he's elite at them. Like, he he's 45% from three. He's making, like, what, 47% of his mid-range. Inside the paint, he's nearly 50%. At the rim, he's nearly 85%. So, like, the dude is just, like, it, it makes sense why he thinks, like, Kevin Durant, like, a couple of years ago, I think he said, Kevin Durant is better than LeBron. And it, it makes sense why he thinks that, because he looks at Kevin Durant and he goes, oh, yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. Because you look at those shooting percentages, it's like, yeah, those are pretty identical to Kevin Durant. Um, the only thing with him, like I said, like, he can't create his own shot, and I just don't think He's got a lot of skills aside from shooting the ball. Like, ball handling-wise, I don't think he's very good. Post-up-wise, like, all he does is fade away even if it's, like, a 6-for-1 guy on him. He's going to fade away. Uh, He's got to develop more skill as a pick-and-roll guy shooting off the dribble. So you you can run more pick-and-rolls for him. Or you can post him up a little bit more where, you know, when, when he has a smaller guy on him, he can back them down to you know near the basket or make that eighteen foot fadeaway a eight foot fadeaway. 
or face up and go towards the basket when you have a smaller guy on you. So, you know, that's something that he's got to work at. Uh, just, you know, creating your own shot. I want to see that, you know, 70%, 2 to like 50%. Uh, aside from that, you know, they got um, Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon, I think... I don't, I don't, I want Aaron Gordon to never have offensive possessions where like it's ball handling Aaron Gordon. I just don't want to see that ever. I just want to see Aaron Gordon as a role man, as a cutter, as a, you know, I pass it to you, you make a quick decision to someone else. That's the type of stuff I want to see from Aaron Gordon. But I fear we're going to get some ball handling Aaron Gordon and I'm not looking forward to that. PJ Dozier is my low end X factor. Because P.J. Dozier has a lot of two-way potential. The kid is already pretty... Like, he's already pretty old. Like, he's... I think he's about to be 25. But, like, he's already a pretty good defender. He's pretty athletic. He can handle the ball. He can cut. And if he can, if he can just get to 35% from three, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of lineups where he's the point guard. Like, quote-unquote point guard. And, you know, they just go big with, like, P.J. Barn, Gordon, Porter, Jokic. And, you know, that's how they make up, like, the defensive end. Um, and I, I, think he, I think he can be, like, a really solid... If he, if he can turn into what I think he can, where it's, like, he's 14 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, good defender, I think he can replace Will Barton pretty easily. And I think he's probably already as good of a defender as Will Barton, if not better. So, but the thing with the thing is, Will Barton is like 37, 38% from three. So, PJ has to get to at least 34, I would say 35%. Because the thing is, Jokic does want players that can shoot the ball on the wings. You know, Aaron Gordon can't really shoot, but like what they do with him and Aaron Gordon is it's a lot of pick and rolls where Aaron Gordon is screening for Jokic and rolling to the rim. And I think that works out just fine. Um, so yeah, I think PJ Dozier is their low end X factor, and Michael Porter Jr. is their high end X factor. Because if Michael Porter Jr. hits, and he's now a twenty four point scorer, and his efficiency only drops by a little bit, and now he can you know shoot off the dribble, play in pick and rolls, he can post up a little bit. You know, Jokic, Porter, Murray is going to be a fucking problem. A problem. And they got Gordon too. That's going to be a problem. And you know the thing—the thing with them is just what is Jamal coming back this year? Because I remember when Kyrie, I, I believe it—I believe he fucked up his knee in the twenty fifteen finals, and he didn't come back until like March, and it took him like two months at least, at least a month maybe, maybe two months to get back to his regular stuff. I—I do remember when he came back, it was. A little rusty, and then he had like a huge game at Washington. Then he had the fifty-five point game in San Antonio, where he made some ridiculous shots. So, you know, I'm I'm very excited for Murray if he can come back this year. But even then, I think this team is really interesting. Forty-eight wins, like they have a solid roster, and then on top of all of that, they have the MVP. They have a top five, six, seven player in the league, and Jokic looks to be in even better shape. And um, I think 48 wins is exactly where they're going to be. So I'm not going to pick the over or under on that. I think they're going to be exactly around 48 wins. So I'm just going to avoid that entirely. Um, what's the, who's the next team? What's the next team? Who's the next team? It's the Northwest Division. And we got Portland next. Portland went 42 and 30. They were a top two offense, 29th in defense, 29th in defense. Um, Norman Powell was only there for 27 games. CJ missed almost 30. No, he missed out 25 games. Um, what a Nurkish missed almost 35 games. Um, and if you look at the roster, like, it's not that impressive. Like, so 29th in defense, it's not shocking because Lillard is a horrendous defender. Siege is below average. Norman's pretty solid. Uh, Covington's good. 
Carmelo is horrendous, and he was playing 25 minutes a night. He played 70 games. Enos Kanter, horrendous. He played 25 minutes a game, uh, 72 games. He played every single game. So it's not a shock that their defense was horrendous. If you look at the players that played, let's say, 800 minutes for them, at least 800 minutes, so they had 10 of them. Let's just count of those 10 how many were above average on defense. Not just solid, but above average. So Nurkic, above average. Powell, above average. Simons, way below average. Gary Trent played 1,300 minutes for them. I would say average. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., average. Uh, CJ McCollum, below average. Melo, horrendous. Cantor, horrendous. Covington, above average. Lillard, horrendous. So what is that? One, two, three above average defenders. From the 10 people that played at least almost 900, 880 minutes for you. Like, that's crazy. So you got rid of Melo and Cantor. I think you just become a significantly better defense just on that alone. Like having Melo and Cantor, that's insane. Like if you have one of those guys playing just 18 minutes a game, okay. But you had both of them? You had both of them? So that's that's the part where it's like, holy shit, you had, they actually had both of them. It makes sense. They were also like a top two offense. Like they were killing it there. Um... But yeah, you had both of them out there. It's no shock that they were 29th on defense. I'm not. Sh- I'm shocked they were 30th. Um, so yeah, they they got rid of Melo and uh, Cantor. And if you look at their depth, it's a lot better this year. So they got Tony Snell. He just doesn't miss shots anymore for some reason. He just he just does not miss shots. Um, you got Cody Zeller. I think he broke his nose. So I don't know how long he's out for. As a backup center over Cantor. I think he's a massive improvement for a team that, you know, just cannot have horrendous defenders out there. Like, Cody Zeller isn't a great defender. He's not a good defender. He's okay. He's just okay. And for a team that had Cantor back there, that's all you really need. Um, So they got him. They got Larry Nance Jr. I think that was a great pickup. Larry Nance Jr. is a above-average defender. They also got Patrick Patterson. I thought that was a pretty nice move. Uh... What's his name? Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He's become like a decent defender. So like, but I don't know how many, like he can't shoot. And he's not really a good finisher. So like, I just don't know how many minutes he's going to get. My, my, in, the interesting thing with this team is, who, who do you have out there? Because you have Dame, CJ, Norman, Covington, Nurkic, which I imagine is their starting lineup. So you have 6-2, as your 1 through 4. Your 1 through 3 is 6-2, I'm just not feeling that at all. If it were me, I would have, firstly, I would have traded CJ McCollum a while ago. Uh, probably like a year or two ago, I probably would have traded him. Uh, for someone just bigger than him. Um, someone bigger and like good. It can't just be for anyone. It has to be bigger than him as well. Um, if If I'm the... If I'm the Blazers, though, I'm doing Dame, CJ, Covington, Larry Nance, Nurkic. Because Dame and CJ, they can both shoot and great shooters, great scorers. Uh, Covington can shoot. Larry Nance can make an open three. Nurkic is um, a good offensive player and a good defensive player. So you have a good defensive player at center, good at power forward, good at small forward. Now you have three good defenders, who, two of those that can spread the floor and shoot for you. And another guy in Nurkic who's a good offensive player himself. So you have a good balance of both. Instead of, And then you have Norman off the bench playing 28 minutes and it's just going crazy off the bench. Which, which is the role that he's used to. Like That's what he used to do for Toronto anyways. That's, that's just what I would do. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. All right, let's look at their over-under. 43.5. I think they're going to be over 43.5. I, I see this team, and I look at what Damian Lillard has become. I look at what CJ McCollum did last year as, like, a guy who, you know, I talked about this last year, where he became a 50-50 guy where he said, you know, I'm going to take 50% of my shots from three now and give myself, like, a statistical advantage there. And last year, he, 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 had his be- he probably had his best year. Yeah, like most advanced numbers-wise, he, he had his best year. Offensive blocks was minus highest of his career by a lot. 
Uh, box plus minus, highest of his career by a lot. Um, you know, his I don't think PBR is a good stat, but it was his, high, it was his highest. Uh, his true shooting was the highest it's been in one, two, three years. So you look at what Dame has become. You look at what CJ has done to improve his game. And then, uh, you know, you got Norman out there. He's talented. You get Nurkic healthy. He's talented. And you look at their depth. It's a lot better than what it was before. And I just think, and you, uh, Larry Nance Jr. as well. I just think this is a good, solid team. I see this as like a 48-50 win team. I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked if they win 50 games. So I would go the over on that, and I would be pretty confident on the over on that. Um, their X factor, I think it's Nurkic. It has to be Nurkic because Nurkic, a lot of people that I've talked to about Nurk, because like Nurk doesn't come up in a conversation a lot, but like just defensive players, there are some people that I trust that think he's got like anchor a good defense potential. Like just be the anchor of like, like we have Nurk back there. We have a top 10 defense, a top 15 defense. They think he's got that type of potential. And I tend to agree because when I watch him, I'm like, he's got good feel for the game. He's usually in the right spots. He's pretty big at the rim. So, and he's got great hands. So, yeah, like, Jokic gave him the business, but he's the fucking MVP. He's going to be, he's an all-time great player already, in my opinion. So, yeah, Jokic giving you the fucking blues in the playoffs where Jokic just turns into Larry Bird. That was not shocking to me at all. So, that wasn't, like, a detriment. Like, he gave Rudy Gobert the fucking blues, too. That's just what he does. Um, So, I think Nurkic has pretty good potential. If he can stay healthy for 60 eight games 70 games i think defensively that they can be they can go from like 29th to like 17th 16th 17th i really think they can do that and offensively we already saw like cj missed all these games nurk missed all these games and they were still a top two offense so i, I think this team is going to be a top five offense and like 17th 18th on defense and be 48 to 50 wins all right, let's get to the Wolves, the quote-unquote train wreck, like, because of, like, the whole Carson Rosas thing. But I don't, like, that. that's such an interesting thing to talk about because, like, the man cheated on his wife. So, like, I always have a strange time talking about that because there's jokes to be had where he's like, oh, he's, you know, he's fucking the employees on, you know, on clock. Um, but it's also, like, this woman got cheated on, so, like, I'm sure she's just devastated. So... I just, like, it's it's always so strange to talk about. Maybe I'm just getting too sensitive. I think I'm getting too sensitive. Maybe I'm not getting too sensitive. I don't know. I just have a hard time, like, he might have, like, ruined his whole fucking family over this. So, I have a hard time talking about it. And, uh, so I, I, tr- I tend to leave that alone. And I'm going to leave it alone. But just talking about the Wolves as a team. I'm, I'm excited for the Wolves. I think Chris Finch is a really good offensive coach. Um, under him, they went 16 and 25, which is regular bad instead of horrendous, which they were under Ryan Saunders. Uh, their offense improved a lot. And I think defensively, they've added some talent. And if you look at just their roster, okay, Cap missed 20 something games. Malik Beasley missed, you know, 40 games because he was in prison. Yes, he was like in prison. So he missed a lot of, he missed a lot of games. D'Lo missed like 30 games. Um... So yeah, I just think they're going to be a team that, when healthy, just offensively, they're going to be a monster. And you look at Edwards, like his numbers weren't that great, but like his last thirty-five, six, like thirty-five to forty games, he was a monster too. And if you look at him in the preseason, he's gotten bigger. He looks at least like that. What does they have him listed? He he's listed at six four. There's no way he's not six five and a half, six six, two twenty-five. No way. He's like two forty. The dude is a tank, and he's so fucking athletic. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting a lot out of them. And just offensively, I think they're going to be so dynamic. Delo's a good offensive player. Edwards, I think he's going to be a really good offensive player. Beasley can shoot it. He can kind of finish a little bit. Cat um, is probably the most talented scoring center of all time. And I think they have a lot of talent on that team. And then you add on that they... You know, got Jared Vanderbilt, who was really good for them on both ends of the court. Like, he played essentially like the 
like that role man type on uh, offense and on defense. He was like everywhere. He was protecting the rim. He was guarding perimeter. He was switching onto guards and wings. And you know he's got that type of body where he's like six ten, but he's not like huge. He's probably like two twenty five, two thirty. So he's mobile enough to be out there. But then he's also like tall enough, big enough, long enough to protect the rim. He's got great hands. His per thirty six minutes, he's getting one and a half blocks, two steals per game. He rebounded the ball well, offensive rebound, uh, offensive rebounding as well. So like. I think that's a 4-5 combo that works pretty well. So that's a good defensive player they got. Uh, I think Edwards can take a step defensively. I think what you see him on tra- in transition defense, he can get back super quick, good uh, you know, chase down artist. And I think, he's got, I think he can be a good defender. I think he can really be a good defender. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but he can, he can go from below average to at least solid this year. Cat, I just don't know what to expect, so I'm not going to expect anything. D'Lo, I'm not going to predict anything for these two guys because they've been in the league for a while, and you just you just never know if they're going to get better or not on defense. Um, Malik Beasley, I think, is an okay defender. Patrick Beverly is a great defender. Uh, jo- um, is it Jaden? I think it's Jaden. I think they have the. I think they have Jaden, and the Hornets have the other the other brother. Yeah, Jaden, I thought he was a really good defender. I think he's solid, protect the rim, guard on the perimeter. He's not big. So, like, I do think some of the bigger wings are going to bully him. So, he has to, he has to get bigger. But he made he made his open threes. He played defense, and that's all you can really ask for, for like, a 20-year-old. Akogi, he's a good defender, but he can't shoot, so, like, there's, there's only so much you can play him. Nas Reed is a good defender. Um, so I think they have a lot of talent. They, they didn't really lose a lot of players. They got, you know, uh, Vanderbilt back. They got McLaughlin back. Um, and they didn't really lose anyone that played minutes. Like, Culver's gone, but, like, who cares? Hernan Gomez is gone, but who cares? So, like, they have their entire team back, and I think they're going to be really good. They, uh, they lost Rubio. Uh, replaced him, I guess, with... Um, well, Delo's back, so they replaced him with like the Delo minutes and Beverly. So they didn't really lose a lot of people, and I think I'm really excited for this team. I think Chris Finch is a really good offensive-minded coach, and I think defensively they can they have a lot of talent. What's interesting about this team is they they can go so many ways in terms of the starting lineup and just the lineups that they can put out there. So just the starting lineups that I think they can put out there. So Delo, Edwards, McDaniel's, Vanderbilt. Cat. That's one lineup. They can go D'Lo, Beasley, Edwards, Vanderbilt, Cat. They can go D'Lo, Beasley, uh, Edwards, McDaniels, Cat. They can go D'Lo, Beverly, Edwards, Vanderbilt, Cat. Or replace Vanderbilt with McDaniels in that lineup as well. So, like, there's a lot of different ways they can go. It just depends on, like, do we have enough scoring? Do we have enough... um, know playmaking do we have enough ball handling do we have enough defense do we have enough rebounding so like they have a they're gonna have to find like the perfect match in that and i hope they can because you know i'm a big cat fan i'm rooting for him anthony edwards is everyone's favorite player one of my like one of my favorite players too now um and i just want them to do really well i don't know why i just want them to do really well i like their uniforms like the i like some of their uniforms not all of them all right, so their over under is thirty three and a half. I think they're going to be over that. I think they're going to be a five hundred team, and I would be confident in that. That's just how confident I am in their offense, and hopefully their young guys can buy in on defense. Hopefully, Cat can just get a little bit better on defense, and I think they can be really good on offense, like a top ten offense, top eight nine offense, and you know, let's just hope they all stay healthy. And, um, yeah, I would go the over on that. I would be pretty confident on the over on that. But actually, I don't think you can ever be confident with the Wolves on anything because something always goes wrong. So I would not be confident on it, but I would be semi-confident on it. All right, the Thunder, I'm just not going to talk about it. I don't know what's going on there. And I just I, I watched zero Thunder games, so I'm not even going to talk about it. I'll talk about them if they're good. I'll talk about them if they're interesting. I'll talk about them... If they don't just randomly stop playing players, 
if Shea plays 60 games, I'll talk about them. But until then, I'm, not, I'm just not going to talk about that. I don't find them interesting. I don't find, I don't find anything they're what they're doing interesting. Like at some point, like the whole hoarding draft picks, it was funny at first, and then it was like, oh shit, genius, and now it's just gotten so uninteresting for me. I don't know why. It's just it was so interesting that it's actually uninteresting to me. Um, See, so yeah, I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. I wanna go to the moon. Don't leave so soon. Don't leave so soon. How can I keep going? I wanna go to the moon. Don't leave so soon. Don't leave so soon. How can I keep Strapping we up Never forget all the memories Sitting I sit by my cup Thinking I should be a better me Truly I'm blessed from the start So much to say in these melodies Stare at the sky, the moon singing sweet Oh my God, such a sweet moment Angels they say I'm not ever weak Such a lonely boy Heaven knows I might never sleep Trouble in my soul Hey, I've been praying Life can be training, oh Hey, you relate Try and keep falling, oh I'm ashamed Hated what I would see And nobody knows So I go Help me